All right. What is up? We are at the 88th installment of the Unplugged Alphas podcast, talking about motorcycles, hogs, and what a high-value man is, because apparently nobody can answer that question. So last week I was away for a few days in Texas with some friends, uh, had some good times, went up for a heli hog hunt, and uh, I'll explain more about that towards the end, but um wanted to talk about three topics in tonight's show i've probably got an hour tops to do it so i'm going to dive right into it uh, apparently when i was away the internets uh, had a little bit of an issue with a tweet that mr tomasi put out which as i understand him fairly well um it was meant to stoke the fire and get the attention on his stuff because who in the Man of Swamp doesn't like attention on their stuff, right? So he said, let me just check over here. Where is my, uh, oh, okay. Well, let's here. I'll throw this up on the screen because I want to play the clip that I came across because I was on Twitter one day and I'm like, scroll. I think I was just like between doing whatever because you could really only shoot in the morning or in the late evening because it's too hot during the day. So we'd be back at the lodge just horsing around. Open up Twitter and I was like, da 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 da. And I see Rolo arguing with a blue haircut and uh, another guy from the Twitches of the world about what a high value man is. And it went completely sideways. I was like, yeah, back at it. So before I play that, because it's got some profanity, let me share um, what a high value man and which quickest path to a high value man. Here it is. So we'll start with this. Yeah, why not? I think this makes sense so if you go and search this it's all over the internet uh quickest path to be a high value man where's Rolo's original tweet i think this is it over here well let's deal with a few of these because people you know did their own takes of it right uh whatever their ego investment happened to be in see See, the thing is, when you ask somebody what a high-value man is, if you ask 20 different people, you get 20 different answers. You ask 20 different women, you'll get 20 different answers. If you ask 20 different guys in their 20s from 20 different guys in their 50s, you'll get very different answers from both those groups. Um, To define it clearly and concisely, I don't remember where I saw it. I think it might have been Chateau Hartiste or something like that. But it's it's, it's clearly, you know, uh, become the man that other men want to be and the one that you know w- women want to be with sort of thing um and again the definition changes and who you ask and how old they are when you ask them uh, but it's funny that all of this got taken out of context over what is what appears to me anyway to be rollo's attempt to get some traction or some eyeballs on his stuff um there it is it's probably the most concise one we'll look at some of the other versions of it in a second uh, the quickest path to becoming a high value man is one, do not get married, avoid family creation, vasectomy in your 20s. I think this is the one that triggered the most people or got them to get their attention on it. See, I put out this uh, tweet um, it was a few years ago, four years ago, something like that. And it was something about sick moms, um, like seven steps or six steps or whatever the hell it was. I can't remember what it was, but the internet took it and they ran with it. And I was on morning shows and news medias. And if you like, if you search for Rich Cooper, you'd, you'd see the tweet and articles written about it by left hearts. So this is 
you know, similar sort of thing. It's a listicle. Listicles do well on Twitter, by the way, if you're new to social media, especially if they contain controversial uh, things like, hey, if you're a young man, just get your ball snipped, right? So number three is get a vasectomy in your 20s, lift consistently, eliminate all sedations, learn game and networking, play to your strengths, build wealth, resist easing up on your focus. And I think this is a reply to this author, Richard Reeves. Um, I read his book, or I didn't read his book, I listened to his book several months ago, didn't really say much about it, didn't think much of it. It was okay. It's, you know, the standard observation of the facts that have already been stated, but with some uh, apologies and, you know, but this is how women are affected sort of thing. Anyway, so this is a list of eight, whatever, you know, standard sort of stuff. Uh, be raised in the house of Elrond, you know, whatever, nerds, uh, stingy, stingray. Where was the one that Ben Shapiro did? Where is Ben Shapiro's? Because he was brought up during this fresh and fit clip. Okay, so Ben Shapiro's, I'm not sure why this was cut and pasted in here, but he says, quickest path to become a high value man. So it looks like he just copied uh, Rolos. Stay healthy, get a job, get married, go to church, synagogue, have kids, develop a skill set, and then deploy it in the most market-driven way. Six points to, I think, Rolos, eight. So be religious, just get married, get a job, stay healthy, you know, standard stuff. I Look, this interpretation of value is going to vary. Like I said earlier, if you ask a 30-year-old chick if a guy with a job, a J-O-B, which for the most part means just over broke, is high value, I don't know if she's going to get too excited about that. You know, uh, you got to bring more to the table than just the J-O-B today. That was good with our grandparents era. You know, you could have a job at the toothpaste factory screwing on the tops of toothpaste tubes. And that was just fine. You know, having a, a job was sufficient because you could have a house, you could have a white picket fence, you'd have the car, you'd have the vacation every, you know, uh, two, three or four weeks per year, depending on where you would live. Being religious, going to church, having kids. Yeah, this was this would all be typically defined as high value in my grandparents' era, for sure. I don't know that um, it's Rolo's avoiding family. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of marriage, obviously. I have a chapter in my book on why smart men tend to avoid marriage. Um, so it's one that everybody's going to debate. Avoiding having children. Uh, that's kind of the point of being here. Scatter seed, right? uh vasectomy in your 20s that's that's where he goes just kind of like full artard right um and that was the point of this tweet was to get people's attention at work because the internet talked about it he, daily wire talked about it ben shapiro added him i'm sure he talked about it on the show i don't watch their stuff uh, i'm sure matt walsh got on board and of course you know it went around the interwebs and then the blue hair cuckold um got into an argument with uh rollo so i'll get to that video in a second we'll deal with that now i think we're far enough into the video that we can get to the swearing because that's how it is um let's okay so that's the motorcycle clip i wanted to deal with sneeko and destiny ask rollo tomasi what a high value man is okay let's get that up on the screen Present, share, and is that it? There it is. Oh, hang on. I got to get the audio in on that. Uh, share audio tab. Yeah. Okay. So you should be able to hear this. So it's a two-minute clip. I don't know how long the full thing went. It, it seemed to go on forever. 
Um, I did go back and watch the full thing earlier today. But um, th this is like the version of the clip that I saw when I was scrolling Twitter. It's like <laughs> Rolo on the Fresh and Fit arguing with a blue-haired cuck and a guy named Sneeko. I don't know too much about Sneeko. From what I understand, he's a streamer or was a streamer. He got removed off of YouTube or something like that. Um, somebody in the chat can Google and tell me what he's famous for, maybe. And you've got uh, this blue-haired cuckold um, who I've known of him for a few months now. I've seen him before. Um, there was a point where I was working with uh, Suleiman Ahmed, I think. He was doing some work on the research on why the Tates were in jail. And he he was apparently going to come on to provide an opposing point of view, but he never showed up or, I don't know, something happened. But, um, yeah, he's he's making the rounds. I'm not really sure why at this point um, and why he would chime in on a conversation about what a high-value man is. I mean, you guys tell me. Let's just play it. And walk back from what is your definition of a high value man? It doesn't matter. That's not what I was talking about in this. It matter. Is that I, I have what you're talking about. That's what the front of the first part of the tweet is: how to become a high value man. The fastest way to become a high value man is to recognize the fact to recognize the fact that you've got that you've got sacrifices to make. Okay. You, so like what is that? Telling like stories from Vietnam, like just say what is a high value man? It's the first part of the tweet. What does that mean? You tell me what a high value man is. Oh, what, yeah, because here's the thing: is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm going to say is a high value man. You it got some fucking as good as your fucking tweet. It, I, it doesn't matter what I say is a fucking high value man because everybody takes this. The point of the fucking tweet is that everybody is going to take this and then insert their own definition of what a fucking high value man what is. What if a high That's value man is 12 kids when you're 16? Then your tweet doesn't work, does it? What if your definition of a high value man is being a, a getting into a trade and having five kids by the time you're 22? Then it also you mean as being an esports professional. Right, you're, making you know? my, you're absolutely making my point for me right here, okay? Sure. This is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm just going to pause this for a sec because you've got the young TLDR generation on the left-hand side of the screen that wants to get to the point. And you've got Rolo on the other side who will take seven hours on a stream to get to the point. They both get to the point that they want to arrive at. It's just this is one of the problems with this conversation I can see right off the bat. This is a high-value man. You gave a list of eight things. Do these eight things to become a high-value man? Do one through eight to become A. And you're not defining what A the is. The fastest way to becoming a high-value man is high these things. What is that? Okay. So here's the thing. So if we're talking about family creation, you already talk, okay, so let's, you want to go, okay, let's go one by one. You want to go one by one? Okay, no, so I'm going to go the, before one by one. What is a high-value man? We can't have an argument if I don't even That's know what your definition point is. The, the very fact that you're even asking this in the first place is the actual point of the fucking tweet. Okay, so if you got if you're going to be a high value man with the fucking hands tied behind your back, then what is that? What does that mean to you? That's the point. This whole discussion is the point of the fucking tweet. Do you, not, you guys, the point of the tweet was you've got some conception of a high value man. Here are eight points that you think you need to do to get to it, and now you've gotten blown the fuck up on the vasectomy thing, which you probably realize is fucking retarded. But you're too old and stubborn to walk back from it. That's the point of this conversation. I'm not too stubborn to fucking walk back from it because the point of it was to get douche nozzles like yourself to fucking have this conversation in the first place. How old are you, bro? <laughs> douche nozzles. All right, douche nozzles. That's the word of the day. Um, man. So. Arguing on arguing on the internet. Hang on, let me go to um, something else here to kind of frame this for you. Like I, I just couldn't imagine this. This is just, you know, you turn on, you turn on social media sometimes, or 
video shows and then you get fed this stuff. Um, let's go stop screen. Let's put this up here and share. And this one here is one that I want to show you. So if you don't know who uh, Destiny is, this is him on a stream with his I don't know, wife or girlfriend or whatever, but um, he lets her bang other dudes. And this is another dude over here. Watch this. I'm not going to play the audio on this one because it, because it's got an audio track. So it'll, uh, it'll be an issue for the YouTube. But anyway, he's sitting there and it's, you know, the camera just zooms on him, you know, playing sad music and she's dancing in the background with this black dude doing some, I don't know, a salsa dance or whatever. <laughs> the look on his face says it all, but this is who, this is who's engaging in an argument about what a high value man is, right? Like this is, this is the state of social media. This is a state of all this. Like, why are you even debating the issue with people like this? Anyway, remove. You guys can go see that on my Twitter, uh, Twitter feed and hear the audio uh, to it, but <laughs> it's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, what is a high value man? It's what, it's a guy that other men want to want to be around or to be or a guy that women want to be with. It's as simple as that. Um, I saw during the longer form of the content during the argument, um, Rolo was, uh, I think he said Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos aren't high value men, which is pretty stupid. I mean, like I'm sure, I'm sure Elon Musk cares, first of all, to begin with. Um, he's building rockets and spaceships and cars and digging holes and tunnels under people's company. Oh, and running social media platforms like Twitter, apparently, too. Uh, he's got 10 kids with something like five or six different women. I have no idea what the count is now, but it's just like, you know, it gets to that point where it's just absurdity that it's, oh, he is or he isn't. And I haven't, you know, been kind to Elon's relationship choices in the past, but he's certainly a high value man. Men want to be him and women want to be with him. As autistic and as awkward as he is or wherever he is on the spectrum, whatever it happens to be, I think he says he has Asperger's. But as as awkward as he can be and, uh, you know, man that he is what he does, men want to be him. He has a massive following on social media and women want to be with him. Women still want his his seed and he's happy to uh, spread it. He's been doing it for quite a few years now. So there's that. You guys you guys chop that up in the show, but it's like it's, it's just weird watching these like hour long sessions over something that's so simple. Anyway, I like to keep things simple. That's that's just my style. Um, so I wanted to talk about motorcycles and hog hunts too on the show. Um, let me see what the chat's up to. Sneeko and douche uh, douche nozzles. Yeah, so that is the word of the day. Apparently, you've you've learned something today. That is the word of the day. I have no idea what that means, but apparently, Rolo's an old man, and uh, the other two are douche nozzles. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Fast way to tell you aren't high value man is to ask what one is like. The thing is, is that guys look for goalposts, right? I was asked this earlier, like, you know, why even ask the question? It's because men are awkward and they're disenchanted and they're disconnected from the, from the rally world. And then you hear this, you know, hear these catchphrases like high value and you think, oh, if, if I become high value and if that's what women are looking for, then maybe I'll get the girls sort of thing. And it's like. And then they look for goalposts. Okay, so how does one become, become it? Please define it for me. And that's where you get these listicles that show up online. And then you have Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and Rolo and everybody, you know, breaking these things up and down, left, right, and center, 
trying to make sense of it and trying to take words out of context. Because that's the other thing that happens on the internet too, is you say something probably with the intention. I mean, generally when you post something online, I think you can blanket say, if you're on social media and you post something, you do it to get reach. You don't do it to get one view or one comment or one retreat or one like. You do it to hit as many as you possibly can. So you say controversial things. So saying getting a vasectomy in your 20s is obviously controversial, but it starts raising valid discussions and points. The point is, I think, for Rolo to get people talking about it, to be fair to him, which clearly happened because here we are. Still going on a week later. I should have stayed out there hunting. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I wanted to talk about motorcycles too and the hog hunt. Um, so in my book, in chapter 12, there's a section titled Own a Motorcycle. Now, we didn't have GoPros when I rode bikes. Bikes were my thing. It was my jam for quite a few years. Uh, still loving the bits but I've switched over to supercars as I stated in my book. So this is a, uh, I'm guessing by this angle, uh, here, I'm gonna go fuller screen so you guys can see this more because it's sort of pulled back. Um, let's go to this angle here. And let me just make sure the audio is playing. Sorry. Uh, doo -doo. Yeah, okay, so this is a GoPro mounted with audio. By the look of the angle, this would be the windshield and the mirror of the bike and the gas tank. I see Ninja over here. So this is definitely the windshield. So a lot of the times when guys are on a motorcycle, they'll now mount GoPros on their windshield facing them or on their helmet facing the road, kind of like a dash cam and also as an opportunity to just sort of, you know, record stuff. I can see this guy's bike here is still running because his headlights on or maybe he just switched it off and the, and the ACC setting still on. Uh, and this one here, the guy's camera's still on, but it looks like they just got off the bikes and here's what's about to happen. Yeah. He will. Yeah. Now, if you guys can't hear it or you can't see the uh, captions, this young girl walks up to this guy over here and says, I have a question. Could you take me for a ride on your bike? Uh, she looks attractive to me. And his response is, he will. I don't know. That's That's pretty soft, but... The point of this is the reason why I said in that chapter own a bike is because it's it's basically cheat code for young men for everything, for transportation, for speed, for thrills, um, and for women too. Like this would, I'm not going to say this would routinely happen, but it, but it happens more than you think. That because you're riding a motorcycle and they're exciting tools and they're not boring. And as I always say, you can do anything to a woman except bore them. Motorcycles are definitely not boring. And it forces intimacy um, between you and the passenger because she's leaning on you. She's got her arms around your waist. You're probably scaring the living crap out of her. Uh, being on the back of a motorcycle on a sport bike is terrifying. I did not realize how terrifying it is to be on the back of a bike until I had to hop on the back of a friend's bike to get a ride somewhere to get mine because I left it. Um, long story short, uh, it was maybe like a six or seven minute ride. And I've been riding probably for about seven years at that time, I think. I was on the back of a Gixxer 750. And uh, it, it's, you're, you're wide open, you're up high. The sensation of speed is tremendous. Um, it's, it's just wild. So, I mean, I don't like, 
I will never go on the back of a bike again. Screw that. Just just give me an Uber now. We didn't have the choice of Ubers back then, and probably because I was poor in my 20s too, so I didn't have that option either. But you get the idea. Like they are cheat codes. So just check this out. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I want you so bad. They're so cool. Yeah, he'll probably give you a ride. What? Would you give her a ride? I have. So both of these girls now want a ride on the motorcycle. Just random girls walking up to dudes. Give us a ride on your motorcycle. I have a new tire on it, so it's kind of slick. So. He's, he's given the lamest excuse. I have a brand new tire on the back, so it's kind of slick. It's not really how it works, but sure. If you're scared, sure. You're good. But he'll probably give you a ride. Oh, I'm okay with going. All right, they're cute girls. They're young. They're pretty. <laughs> I fell off and it hurts. <laughs> I'll drive it. I actually am like, I want to be. Yeah, no, because I just saw uh, new tires. They're like really slippery. What kind of bike is it? What's it called? He's got a the, the, these girls are like begging, like, do something interesting with us. Take us for a ride. Buy us a coffee. Talk to us. Entertain us somehow. Anything other than just leave us alone right here, right now. Women don't generally walk up to guys like this. So, so they're different? Yeah, they're different. Like, so. The fronts are the fronts, all in the front, like yeah. These chicks, by the way, are not interested whatsoever in the make or model or how much power or how wide the tire is or any of the stuff that he's starting to talk about they just want to hang around the bikes and, and be on them for a ride they probably do it. i don't know it depends on what mood he's in we we're almost we we're on the highway and some guy was like swerving around in his lane and uh, he got pulled over he's probably drunk driving so we stopped we drove past him and he like swerved at us so Anyway, so get a bike. If you haven't read my book, I talk about why. Um, cheap transportation, cheap to insure. They sip fuel. You can get 50 miles to the gallon off a bike, especially especially the starter bikes now. Like we used to start with 600s back in my day. Now starter bikes are like 250s, 300s, 400s, you know, something like that as far as crotch rockets and sport bikes. You really can't get insurance on them. So they're probably cheap as hell on fuel. Um, they can't be too bad on insurance. Depending on where you live, you know, the riding season will be obviously longer or shorter, but they're but they're cheap thrills, man. They're fun. They're so much fun. You get out with your boys. You know, we'd be out to all hours of the night, man, doing all kinds of stuff, which I cannot say publicly on YouTube, but trust me, it was fun. We did fun stuff. I see the chats lighting up. Jixers talking about Harleys, Hayabusa Turbos. <laughs> Yeah, we used to see, actually, when I was riding, we just started to see people bolting turbos on um, bikes. But uh, yes, sir, it did happen. All right, and I want to have a chat about the uh, the hunt and why I think hunting is an important conversation to have with you guys. Uh, before we do that, let's uh, run the ad reel real quick and we'll hop into that. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, 
estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. All right, hunting. So look, I realize that this can be sensitive for some people. That's fine. People are sensitive. But the reality of it is there is nothing. I'm a 70s kid, right? There's nothing that I've done my entire life that feels as natural to me as hunting. I said it. It's what we've done forever. Aside from sex and hunting, I don't think anything feels as natural as those two things, to be honest with you, because it's probably the two things that we've been doing more than anything else throughout history, for sure. Because if you didn't eat, you'd die. If you didn't have sex and reproduce, you would die out, essentially. Like There was nothing left to follow you. So I, I'm just going to say it, and I'm not going to apologize for it. So those of you that get mad, get mad. I don't give a shit. It is what it is. Uh, for me, this journey started, I think, in my 20s when I was in England. I think I was visiting around, it's probably around Christmas time, which is usually when I would go. My folks were there. My cousin Steve comes over, and he's an outdoorsman. He's, he's always fished his entire life. I didn't know that he had a thing for hunting. And, um, you know, he hunts uh, rabbits, pigeons, um, anything that you can really shoot with shotgun pellets because they're limited over there. I don't know if they have rifles, hunting rifles. I'm sure they do because I know they have some deer and elk over there or some form of an elk or something like that. But um, yeah, so he had a shotgun and, you know, he's over and he told me he was at the range shooting clay targets. And I said, oh, that's interesting. What's that? And he explained it. And it sounded a lot like golf, except for you're shooting these clay discs, which blow up. Well, they don't blow up. They just turn into dust when you hit them properly. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, can I see the gun sort of thing? And he goes, yeah, it's my car. I'll bring it in, brought it in, open it up. It's a break action shotgun. And um, he, I said, wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. He goes, yeah, do you want to go you know, to the, the range? So I said, absolutely. So we went the next day and had a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a lot like golf and I'm not a big fan of golf. I don't play golf anymore. In fact, the first thing I did when I got back is I sold my golf clubs and I started the process of getting my uh, non-restricted gun license here, which allows me to buy, oh, it's right here too. Just make sure this doesn't have any of my, it has personal information on it. So I'm not going to show it to you on the screen, but this is what the back of it looks like. It's basically a card that lets me buy uh, non-restricted guns and ammo for those uh, guns. Um, so came back and I bought that and it's been used a lot. You know, I've shot a lot of clay targets with it. I've got pump action. I got some rifles now. Um, I've got all the good stuff and I've always wanted to hunt. 
like the, like the whole point of it was shoot the clay targets. He told me about hunting rabbits and hunting uh, pheasants, you know, whatever he could get basically. And, you know, he'd take them home or take them to the butcher, drop them off at his mom's house, you know, my aunt's place. And she would, you know, cook it up, whatever. And that was his, that was the shtick. That was the jam. Now it's not that hard with a shotgun. If you're in within close range to hit your target, because it, it sprays a pattern, probably about the size of like a pizza dish, you know, and you can use bird shot, um, which is basically what they use for clay targets. They're very small, lighter sort of pellets, but they're big enough and heavy enough that they'll just shatter a, a clay disc into dust. So it's, so it's pretty cool when it hits it. Um, took the hunting course a few years ago, actually just before the scamdemic with my buddy, um, man, I saw him at the, the hunting course. I haven't seen him in a few years now. I know he's, he's super busy. Anyway, I can't remember his name now. Um, but I took the hunting course with this dude and we had a good time that day. It was like an old lodge. This, this good old boy, you know, told us exactly what to do, how to stock the animals, how to stock turkeys, how to stock, you know, deer and stuff like that. And, um, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm all about it. So this needs to happen at some point. Got the invite a few months ago. My buddy Gary said, look, um, got this got this hunting lodge down in Texas. We're going to do a hog hunt. You want to come down with the boys? These, are, these guys are all part of my community too, by the way. So for those of you that are like, well, what's your community like? And what do you do? Well, this is kind of one of the things that we do here. Let me uh, share, share some of the pictures. Let me if you guys aren't following me on um, Instagram, that's usually where I share most photographs. I don't post much on the YouTube or Twitter as far as photographs. So it's just the underscore unplugged underscore alpha. Uh, just as the title of the podcast. So we did heli hog hunting or, you know, whatever it's called. So pigs down there are essentially, um, they're pretty invasive and destructive at the same time. They, um, they tear up crops. They destroy uh, cattle land. They destroy. It basically changed the entire, uh, not trajectory, but the flow of a river sort of thing. They mess with cattle feeders. Um, they're a pretty, pretty big problem. They're invasive and they're not domestic to the area. Some say that they're Russian hogs. I'm not sure exactly. The one that I got was spotted. Um, I don't really know much about it, but all I'm telling you is the point of all this is you'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Okay. Now, there's always the notion of, is the shit going to hit the fan? What happens if the shit hits the fan? What could you, you know, would you be able to cope if the shit hit the fan sort of thing? So these notions are discussed. There's entire, uh, like, series Hollywood makes about them. Like, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, for example, for seasons upon seasons upon seasons is essentially, how would you handle, you know, the shit hitting the fan sort of thing? Um that's not what hunting is about, but that would be an ele element of you being able to provide, right? Because obviously grocery stores would shut down and you'd have to get your food somewhere. Again, those people that are butthurt right now going, oh, you can't hurt animals. Well, it's not hurting animals. It's harvesting an animal. And generally speaking, throughout history, it's always been done, okay? We've not been growing you know, fruits and vegetables throughout history. It's mostly been hunting, hunting and gathering. Anyway, um, so we did some of this from a helicopter. There, uh, there's side by side. I think it's called a Robinson or something like that. And we're using a semi-auto uh, 223. I think the rounds were improved. I can't remember what they were, hollow point or something like that. Um, but this guy's a skilled pilot, excellent pilot. It's funny because we started talking. He's asking, you know, what we all do for a living. And we had to go up in, in pairs because they wouldn't put three in because of weight. 
Um, some people made comments like, oh, your camouflage really hid you in the red helicopter. That's pretty much what we were wearing the entire week while we were up there. So we didn't, you know, you don't bring a huge change of clothes. But anyway, <laughs> um, great pilot brought you up 50, you know, 50 to 100 feet off the ground. Uh, you scare them out of the trees and, you know, you just take care of the problem. Um, these are some of the boys. Uh, some of you recognize, recognize Moth there. Uh, the other guys will keep them anon for now, but they're, you know, they're part of my uh, community. Um, we did some blind hunting, which, so that's where I really felt the whole, like, this feels right. This feels real. Like I was sitting in the blind and it was my first day. So this is my first kill. So I'm sitting in the blind. It's my first day, you know, I'm familiar with the rifle. It's a, you know, we took it to the, um, shooting range over there. Cause they get this area where you can like zero in the scope through a couple of, you know, rounds down range, felt pretty comfortable with it at hundred yards. Um, th this by the way is like starter hunting. This is not stalking. This is not bow and arrow shit. This is not what you see Joe Rogan talk about when he talks about hunting with his bow and arrow and you have to get within 45, 40 to 50 meters of the animal. This is a blind setup high in the air. Like you can see over here behind us, this, this box. And there's a, usually a feeder that's about a hundred yards in some direction from you. And they generally put these blinds and these feeders in areas that are in fields that are trafficked. So, you know, it, it doesn't make it that hard. Like we didn't have to, like there's days I would imagine that you would go out and do this sort of stuff and you just would see nothing. Right. Um, but the way they set it up over here like this, it's just constant traffic. And it only took a few hours. And uh, this is where I got the first shot from. But I, but I just remember sitting in this thing thinking to myself, man, this like, I didn't say anything to hook when I was sitting there, but I was like, just thinking to myself, like, this feels right. This feels like, something that my ancestors have done that their ancestors have done like this this is just an innate natural feeling for me as a man okay i'm sure if you put a woman up there with a gun she'd have a completely different feeling about it uh but i think as any guy if you give him the training you give him the tools and you give him the opportunity to do this it would just feel right and it and it got me thinking you know because what would happen thousand, 10,000 years ago, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 years ago when tools of hunting did not like we have today with blinds and feeder, like feeders on timers, like it doesn't get any easier than that. It's like they know that they move around a lot more at sundown and like like a dusk and dawn, basically. And that's when the timers go off, generally speaking, if they're working, um, you know, a scoped rifle that's pretty accurate. I mean, almost 100 percent accurate up to 100 hundred yards very, very easily, uh, probably like 97, 98% accurate up to 200 yards. Um, if, if you know how to use it and you get familiar with it, none of this stuff existed, you know, back in the day for our ancestors and they would have to chase around their dinner, probably with a spear, maybe a bow and arrow. Maybe they'd have to run it down with a knife. Um, the, the hunting method that the tribes still use in Africa today, that's generally the most popular that I understand, is they run down the animal until it's exhausted and then they kill it. Because they can't, like once they get hot and they overheat, they have to stop to cool down. Like humans will sweat to cool down. Animals don't sweat. They have to pant. That's why you see dogs <laughs> on hot days with their tongue hanging out, flapping around and shit because they can't cool down. So they have to like get in the shade and they have to stop moving to lower their temperature. And that's basically what they do. They run down the animal until it's like, fuck it, I can't run anymore, gets down, and then they go and take it out. Um, so 
still happens, to, you know, to this day. So, you know, for everybody that all goes, gets their hamburgers and their drive throughs for their soy Tim latte Supreme, it's basically a Snickers bar and a blender with some dairy on it and a shot of caffeine basically is what most of you guys are all drinking. This is, this is the closest version of it today and it's good and it's fine and it's right. And if you do it ethically and you do it sensibly, if you, you know, if you're a one shot, one kill, if you're a very good shot, um, it's, it's very ethical. And, um, I would encourage you guys to look at it. You know, the point of me bringing this up is I didn't know what to make of any of these things and what it would be like. I didn't even know if I wanted to talk about it. Um, I shared some of this on, um, social, obviously here, there's a quote that I came across by a guy by the name of Fred bear. And it says, go afield with a good attitude, with respect for the forest and the fields in which you walk. Immerse yourself into the outdoor experience. It will cleanse your soul and make you a better person. And I agree with that. This is a turkey. And this is my hawk. This guy was big. He had tusks. He was an old boy. And um, he went down well with one clean shot. Uh, it is something that I would encourage you guys as men, especially if you followed my content, if you've read my book, if you subscribe to a lot of the things that I talk about. What is it that you can do to improve yourself and to connect more with yourself and put yourself first in a way that serves you better. Um, if you have the opportunity and you have at arm's length or even beyond arm's length, it's a cousin, it's an uncle, it's a grandfather, it's somebody out there that you know does this stuff and you might have a tiny bit of interest or an inkling or just what is that all about? Go with them. You know, ask, ask, ask for a ride along, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have a possession and acquisition license, if you've taken the course, like I have, you're registered, you know, you're a lawfully, you're a law abiding gun owner, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Uh, take the hunting course and talk to other hunters, um, talk to other gun owners at the gun club and ask them what their experience is like. They're, they're very friendly people. They're very, uh, like open about it. They're very caring. Um, you know, I noticed the people in Texas, especially out in, I don't know what you call it, the ranch country. It seems to be called ranch, you know, ranch land or whatever. They have a special drink out there called, called ranch water. <laughs> I think it's tequila and a few other ingredients. Bucky's is a staple in Texas. It's crazy. Big ass gas stations with like 150 pumps and it's a giant Walmart in the middle. It's huge. They pay their gas, their, um, they have a sign out front. They actually pay their car wash attendants $125,000 USD a year. Uh, sorry, not the attendants, a car wash manager, uh, to give you an idea. But yeah, it was in kind of west of Texas. I think it was called Abilene. Um, and, you know, the guys that had us there, if, you know, if you're watching, uh, thank you immensely. Had a phenomenal time. Uh, enjoyed it. You know, me and the boys talked about it uh, for like the drive back the you know the entire day after it's just it's just right it's just right um you know there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions about what should and shouldn't happen the world's overpopulated there's too many people stop having children you got to go vegan you can't eat this you got to eat that this this that and the other thing you know what's natural sex reproduction and eating and harvesting food and hunting that's that's been around since the dawn of time that's 
what humans are all about. So, I mean, if you want to connect with what it is to be a man and to go out and do stuff that, you know, can bring home the bacon, you know, if you will, um, our next one will be proper stock, probably either deer or elk. I think elk is probably a bigger animal. Um, deer seems to be the next logical step, harvest, field dressed, you know, cook it on, not cook it on the spot, but, you know, cook it that night. When you're dealing with invasive species, they generally don't encourage you to, uh, consume it's, you know, there's loads of coyotes out there. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but apparently they're all mangy and nasty and worm infested and stuff like that. So it's, it's more of like a control mechanism. So that's the starting place for it. It's kind of like the one Oh one. I'm sure some people do eat them. But um, they look kind of gross, to be honest with you, when you when you tackle them. Yeah, Jake said it best. You want to connect with Mother Earth? Go forage and hunt, man. No, it's no, it's a real deal. It's you know, it's serious. It's uh, Albany. Yeah, moths in the chat. It's called uh, Albany, but I think the town that we were closest to was a Abeline or Abeline. I'm not sure if, if that's correct. Maybe you can correct me, moth. But such a good time. So, like such a damn good time really really good time um looking forward to the next one but um yeah that's it man um not gonna do any call-ins today uh we'll make that the jam next week we'll have a longer show more time uh, kind of a tight week for me but uh yeah those things I, w I wanted to cover guys if you haven't got the book yet get it the updated edition is uh coming this year and um the follow-up will be out very, very soon too. Thanks for watching tonight, guys. I hope you are having a good one. And uh, we'll see you guys next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll be on at 8 p.m. sharp next Monday. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.